unlock the potential of Okidata, we first have to look into its past to see its future. Let's unveil the secret of Okidata all here on Okidata Next. Hi everyone, welcome to Otdata Next. I'm Elvis. And I'm Ling. Thanks for turning into this podcast series. We will be talking about the latest trends and the do's and don'ts in industry digital transformation. Are you exciting, Ling? Oh, super. <laughs> but industrial digital transformation is just such a small subject. What are we going to talk about today? Mm, digital transformation is to talk about to make something better, right? Mm. Imagine you are the owner for industry business and you have already mm. decided to make something better. Mm-hmm. What would be the next step you have to do? That's easy. Implementing AI or data analysis. <laughs> That's exactly the feedback from a lot of people. Most of the time, when we talk about transformation, industry digital transformation, we talk about AI data analysis. Yeah, but, right? Right, yes. But do you know, when clients approaching us, they are still in the middle of trying to get their OT data. Oh. So, yeah. So, the first questions we think is, how do I get my data? Oh, how do I get my OT data? Mm. That makes sense. It's kind of like asking a chef to make a chocolate cake without using chocolates, right? Yeah. But what's so hard about trying to get the data? Isn't it something we have been doing for a while now? Yes, you are right. Data acquisition seems like a common practice, but still we are tripping up on it. Which begs the question, what's going on with OT data that makes it so difficult to deal with? That's what we are going to talk about today. And uh, to help us understand why, we'll invite Mosa's expert in OT data, Patrick, to join us today. Welcome, Patrick. Hi, Elvis Lin. Am I the first one to be on the show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I better bring my A again today. No problem with you, I'm sure. So, Patrick, what do you think about this subject? What do you think so many of us are running into difficulty with this OT data issue? So, first things first, to understand why it's hard to acquire the data, we must first talk about the changes that the data is going through. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, OT data itself hasn't changed. It's still the very same data we get from our equipment. Pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's true. Well, if OT data hasn't changed physically, then what has? And this is where it gets more complicated. As I said, OT data hasn't changed, but we what we expect to gain from it has. Mm-hmm. In the past, we were more focused on automation. So what we wanted from OT data was more straightforward. For example, the live, the live feeds from devices. Mm-hmm. Our mm-hmm. expectation for OT data was simpler, more singular, if you will. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we want more and mm-hmm. we expect more effect. Mm-hmm. Instead of just the, just the current status of a device, we need our data to give us information to help mm. with business decision or even make forecast, right? Mm, yes, that's true. So it's not just the data itself, but rather the business environment as a whole that's changed. Oh, okay. interesting. So is it okay to say that we want the data 
we want the data to do more things for us and that it makes the data change. Yes, exactly. So this change in our expectation has a huge impact on the amount and the variety of the OT data we need. Mm -hmm. The volume and the types of data decide how well we can see into the future. And this has led us to acquire more equipment to provide sufficient data. Mm, so let me get this straight. Let's take renewable energy as an example. In the past, OT data was used to monitor how much electricity was generated. So we just need the data from the inverters, right? Mm, but now, mm -hmm. because we want to do more, like predict how much energy can be generating instead of the next half an hour, or as it's going to do some predictive maintenance, we need more data from different source like sensor to get the required environmental data or drone to see how much solar panel are contaminated. Is that what you mean? Yes, exactly, Ding. That's exactly what I meant. So some real life example would be things such as optimizing production or elevating safety in factories mm -hmm. or talking for control of energy consumption through accurate forecast in power sectors. There are just a few of the potential life, real life expectation we have for OT data. Mm -hmm. And you know what all of this optimization amount to at the end of the day. Hey, do you mean ding ding? The earn money song, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you think you know? It is yeah. to help us to make better and more accurate decisions in the future. So how is this change, so to speak, affecting the collection process? I mean, data collection seems to be a pretty straightforward concept now. Or is OT data going through the terrible tools as well? <laughs> The terrible tools? <laughs> Sounds mm. like something Elvis would know more <laughs> about a new as, as a new father. Whoa, that's definitely require a much longer conversation <laughs> if we want to talk about father-father experience. But it should be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe next episode. But seriously, I think this is a very interesting analogy in both toddlers and OT. Why? I think both of them are very difficult to control, <laughs> right? How do you think, Patrick? Yeah, right. Well, all jokes aside, since we are expecting so much more from the OT data, how to deal with it certainly has become a focal point for many enterprises. Mm. For instance, a common practice such as cybersecurity, mm. while it's not a new concept per se, IoT has prompted a lot of data that used to be transmitted from intranet to the internet. Since the technology isn't quite mature enough to handle the large amount of variable data passing through the nodes, mm. this creates additional risk in information leaks and the cyber attacks. Okay. Mm. Exactly. One of the, the most recent examples that comes to mind is the guess my cyber attack incidents in America. Mm. Mm. That's huge. Mm. Yeah, right. Which hurt not just the industry, but also to those people whose life who lives depended on it. Mm. This is just one of the many challenges we faced when we, we, are, we are dealing with the OT data in this new era. Wow, that's definitely moving beyond the old just be stable we used to have. Can you talk us through this shift? Yeah, certainly. Let's take the simple act of the OT data appointment, for example. It is basically something we have doing, we have been doing 
since we start automating everything, right? Yes. However, two problems can come from just simply trying to get the data into your system. One is the security issue we just talked about earlier. The other is transmission. Oh. Nowadays, transmitting routine data can be tricky. Since we don't just use the private network to connect to the internet, sometimes we are using the 4G network or IT, IoT networks such as NB-IoT. Mm. Okay, so yes. now ideally data transmission needs to maintain a consistent and a stable flow. Mm. However, network like 4G or NB-IoT are often affected by its surrounding. Okay, so places like uh, the basement or area near large equipment which could radiate electromagnetic wave when it is turned on. So mm. all could potentially interrupt the data transmission. And when this interruption occurs, we wouldn't be able to get all of the data. Okay, so Lin and Elvis, you can image what mm. the consequence could be if we make a forecast based on incomplete information. Mm. Oh, that's too bad. So imagine just from a small interruption, what can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen? Oh, that's a great question. And it's really about identifying what you need and implementing different protocols to make mm -hmm. sure you get what you need in the end. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example and you'll see what I mean. We had a client in the US who needed to monitor white pipes, water mm -hmm. pipes. Okay, so mm -hmm. which was a very challenging fit considering the physical space that pipes occupied. Mm -hmm. It also meant unreliable data transmissions. So the pipeline were not only located in a hard to reach area, but also cover a large physical space, which meant transmission relied mainly on the 4G network. It's very challenging, okay? Mm -hmm. So the entire piping, piping system was fitted with sensors to get information like the pressure, the temperature, the mm -hmm. floor, or even the exit of the water. Mm -hmm. on, a, you know, on a regular day, like the pH level of the water wouldn't change unless something added to it. Okay, so and uh, constantly streaming, streaming the data through the 4G network was not only ineffective, but also extremely costly. Oh. So, so situation like like this can generally be separated into two scenarios. One monitor the constant or the normal behavior, and the other the uh, the anomaly anomalies. Sorry, and we could follow two protocols for either scenario. Mm -hmm. One to monitor the normal behavior behavior. We would take the periodical reporting route which means that instead of reporting constantly about basically the same things and taking up variable streaming bandwidth, mm. we could get an hourly report. Okay, this yes. is one scenario. And mm. the other protocol only kicks in when uh, anomalies happen. So uh, when something is wrong, the system would switch immediately to report the changes. This mm -hmm. can make sure we get the right data without taking up too much bandwidth in transmitting and spending too much money. Oh, wow. I never thought that constant streaming could also be an issue. Mm. They remind me another case where a client has a similar concern in terms of bandwidth capacity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He, he, he needs to transmit huge amount of data that including the high resolution image, videos mm -hmm. data and other other census data he gathered um, and then 
he he put all the data in the same network, and uh, that network was used to transmit control data. Mm-hmm. So his concern is about the, the bandwidth being used up and uh, the large files ending up interfering with the critical control data. And to be honest, this was a valid concern. We've seen case where it happened, right? Yeah, yes. Especially now that we are asking more from the OT data. Luckily, you know, we are seeing new technology like TSN, mm-hmm. also known as time-sensitive networking, mm-hmm. developers specifically to help overcome this issue of interference and avoid the data traffic jams. And this is just one of the many solutions that's in the works. Mm. Another solution would be to transmit more efficiently. In other words, transmitting only the useful and the comprehensible information instead of trans- transmitting whatever we can get. So it's, it's called what we, uh, so this is what we call garbage and garbage out. Huh. That's a good one. Could you? Yeah, we, we heard about that a lot. Could you elaborate on that? What does this solution need? Well, well, basically, uh, it means instead of transmitting raw data to be processed into useful information at the end, what we would do is to just process locally. So we would be transmitting already pre-processed information. Does that make sense? Mm, exactly. Could you give us an example? Sure. Let's take data that we mostly get straight from a sensor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of sure. the time, it's just a random combination of numbers like one, two, three, four, five, which doesn't mean anything to anyone, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of just transmitting the one, two, three, four, five, we would process it as a source to make sure to make it sense and then transmit the information. In other words, instead of the non-sensual one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. It would be transmitted into, for example, you know, five kilograms or 20 oh. degrees Celsius or some other information that actually makes sense. Mm. That's way we would be transporting actual comprehensible information. Oh, I get it. So we don't actually need all the data as long as we get the actual meaning in the end. This is how we end up resolving the bandwidth limitation issue, right? Yep. Mm. Okay, let me do a quick recap. I think it boils down to this. Keep the network and uh, by extension the data safe. Mm. Keep the transmission interruption free. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not least, keep the, fi- keep the final information. Uh, keep the final information whole and uh, turn raw data into useful information. What do you think, Lin? Mm, I think. OT data isn't as unmanageable as that original fall. We just really need to find the right way to approach it. Exactly. Mm. So before you go, Patrick, I have one last question for you. What do you think is next for OT data? Next? <laughs> for OT data? Wow, that's a big question. I do think that the OT data's role will not only become more and more important in the future, mm-hmm. and definitely get more influence as we rely more and more on it to provide critical insight for our future business. Mm-hmm. So simply put, I think whoever controls the OT data in the future can control the whole world. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Wow, I feel like you need a white cat and a swivel chair to go with that last statement. So thank you so much, Patrick, for joining us today and sharing with us the intricacy of dealing with OT data in the new era. Thank you. And also thank you all for turning in. If you want to know more about industrial digital transformation and how to work with the ever-changing OT data, stay tuned for our next episode. I'm Ling. I'm Elvis. Um, and you are listening to OT Data Next. We will see you next time.